0: Hello, folks. Jeff C. here. So glad you tuned in for this week's incredible episode of Social Media News Live. But before we dive in, we've got some exciting news for you. First off, the sun is out, and so is Ecamm's sizzling summer sale. If you've been thinking about boosting your live streaming game, now is the perfect time. Ecamm Live is offering a fantastic 30% off your first payment on any plan, monthly or annual, to all new customers. So get your hands on this industry-leading software and upgrade your live streaming experience. Head over to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash ECAM to find out more. That's socialmedianewslive.com forward slash E C A M. M. And for all you creators out there, we've got some more good news. The highly requested Descript course will be opening up soon. If you've been hunting for a seamless way to edit and repurpose your podcasts and videos, this is your chance. This training will help you master Descript, an exceptional AI-based tool, making your content creation process easier and more effective than ever. Head on over to jeffc.com forward slash Descript 101 to sign up to get notified for the course launch. That's Jeff, S and Sam, I E H com forward slash D E S C R I P T 101. Don't miss out on these opportunities to level up your content game. And now, without further ado, on with the show. Keeping you up to date
1: on the world of social media, industry experts, innovators, creators, creators storytellers, and the latest social media tools,
0: tips, and stories. tactics.
1: This is Social Media News
0: Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C., and you're not. And this is the
1: show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media and more.
0: Have you ever wondered how to bridge the gap between broadcasting and live streaming? Are you curious about how those two platforms can work together to maximize your reach? Or maybe you're looking to understand the unique benefits each one offers. Well, if those questions spark your interest, then you are in the right place. Today, we're excited to host two guests who have mastered this balance. They are the dynamic duo behind Dealcasters, a brand that has successfully harnessed the power of both podcasting and live streaming. Chris and Jim will be sharing their journey, their insights, and their top tips for creating synergy between podcasting and live streaming. So get comfortable, prepare to be enlightened, maybe grab a snack or two and look and, and look forward to this episode brimming with valuable takeaways. So let's dive into the world of bridging broadcasts and uniting podcasting and live streams together. So if you don't know Chris and Jim, I just want to introduce you guys really quick. So Jim is the president of Fusion Marketing and it's a he's a seasoned digital marketing consultant and retired Marine Lieutenant Colonel with over 30 years of business and social media expertise. Jim has a unique approach to marketing that fuses the Marine Corps leadership with next level digital marketing offering his clients a perspective that sets him apart from the rest. And if you don't know Chris, let me introduce you to him as well. He's got 25 plus years, I guess he started when he was like eight, uh, in the music industry with Sony. Uh, he's driven and he's a passionate entrepreneur. He, Chris Stone has founded the podcast and live streaming consultancy Cast Ahead after the success of his own co-hosted podcast, How They Changed His Life. And at Cast Ahead, Chris thrives on enabling driven entrepreneurs, influencers, and thought leaders and enterprises to express their story and elevate the reach. You guys, I'm so excited, you both of you together. Good friends, we talk a lot offline, so thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for thank having Thank you, us.
2: Jeff, man. We, uh, we can't, you, you know this is the best show on the interwebs. I say it and I mean it, and we're honored to be here, and hopefully we can, you know, continue to serve your community and looking forward to, to chopping this up. And, and if anybody's got any questions, this is the greatest part about this show is I know when I ask a question or when I have anything that uh, I want to know about the wonderful guests that show up on the show, it's going to get heard. It's going to get seen. It's going to get answered. And that's one of the greatest parts about the show is it's so uh, you can get involved. There's so much engagement. So we're happy to be here, man. Thanks,
0: man. I appreciate it. And one of the reasons is because Chris will keep pounding you if you don't answer his questions in the chat. That's right. That's 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 what happens. Yeah. I I do want to bring up one of our friends and one of my good friends, Peg Fitzpatrick, is here. She's saying good morning. Here to learn about live streaming. So for Chris, I want to say, you know, Peg and I have been doing live streaming since the Google Plus
2: days. So there you go. Take your drink there we have it. Cheers, so. I knew that was coming I yeah. picked up my coffee cup, I knew that was coming. So um, before you know, we're talking about live
0: streaming and one thing I want to do is talk about, you know what I use and they sponsor the show and I'm really appreciative of them They're the, our friends over at Ecamm that's what we produce the show, I know you guys use them as well for a lot of things, but you can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They actually have a new show right now coming up that's been launched in, well it's not a new show, it's the new season of the show and it's you can find it at youtube.com forward slash ecam live it is uh demo mode pros with alicia way and alicia is going to be on the show with us next week but it's a great show make sure you guys go check that out over on youtube they have new episodes weekly so let's talk about what everyone's here and we're talking about bridging broadcasts. so i want to know for you guys um you know to understand podcasting and live streaming, and you have people who are, are from both camps, like, um, you know, I, I'm just a podcaster. I don't want to do any of this video stuff. And other people are saying, well, we want not you do them together? You have more bang for your buck, all this stuff. So can you, I'll start with you, Chris. Can you explain the main difference between podcasting and live streaming and why a content creator might choose one over the other?
2: Yeah, I think... Most of the time, when somebody does what's called a podcast, that 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 word gets it, it's kind of gotten a little bit blurry in terms of what it means, especially now that YouTube is is really in this, uh, and and so sometimes you'll see something that they consider a podcast and is on their platform called a podcast, and you're like, well, this just seems like a video. It doesn't really like why are they calling it a podcast? And I think it's sort of training people to think that a lot of things are a podcast. And as some other people who have been in the podcast industry, like you're talking about for a number of years, think of a podcast as, you know, audio only that you're playing, uh, you know, that you're taking and putting on something that's called an RSS feed that somebody's listening to. Um, and I think a lot of times when when I look at this, uh, and you know, it just really depends on. Who you're serving. So if you're someone that, you know, Jim and I, when we go live on Amazon and we do an interview like we're doing right now, we know that there, you know, we plan this sort of run of show out we know that this portion of it is going to be an interview like we're talking right now just like jeff right now has it marked and he calls i'm um, firing up the podcast machine and he goes he knows that he can go into that and he can pull that content down and be able to use it in a myriad of different ways one being audio only and putting that onto uh, an rss feed uh, which basically brought you know puts it on spotify puts it on apple podcasts on google podcasts all the players right and so that's really what I call a podcast. It's not necessarily just audio or just video. It's really both. And then when we're talking about a live stream, the way I look at a live stream is uh, you know, Jim and I will go live and we'll do demonstrations of how to set up a podcast, right? Or you know, and people are engaging like they're engaging now. We see Jim, we see Randy, we see you, Peg, and we see all these people coming in and and having these comments and, and so we're actually doing this sort of solving all these people's problems live and hey what about this what is an XLR what does that stand for Uh, what is this that and the other all of that kind of stuff probably not going to make a great podcast right but what you're able to do is you're able to take that content and if it's not great for an audio podcast, you can still use it. You can use it for Amazon product videos, chop it up and put it on YouTube. It really becomes something that you can use and also engage with people live at the same time. So that's kind of how I look at the difference between what is a podcast and what is a live stream. And the advantages really of both. We can you know chop that up and kind of talk about what mm-hmm. that you know, means depending on what type of content creator you are and who you're serving.
0: Well, Paul, I know, I mean, Paul's big live streamer. I mean, like we talked about it before he, he has a a huge one with his uh, uh, powwows.com. And also uh, you're launching a podcast too, as well, aren't you? Um, Or you did a, you do, you did a podcast that was on Facebook for that's (laughs) continuously Our podcast was on Facebook for a while. We still have our show. And that's, I guess it's
1: one of the questions I have for you guys is, because we just take our live stream and repurpose it for the podcast but as you as you guys repurpose video have you found that there are different topics that are better suited for one platform the other i mean obviously a, a product demo is better suited for a live video but have you found other topics resonate better on one platform or the other i mean there are there tips you can give some of these creators to help them decide where they put their content
0: Jim, let's, let's start with, I mean, let's go with you and then I'll bounce back over to Chris because I'm sure he has some thoughts on this as well.
3: Yeah, because, so like one thing we do, like Chris mentioned, when we do, like say it's a show, it's just me and Chris and we're talking about products or, or whatever, we don't think about making that into a podcast because it's really much more of a visual medium. We're showing things, we're demonstrating things, but when we do interviews on amazon and you know like next week we're actually going to be interviewing roger cloud right that Mm. is going to be a conversation we are going to be able to turn that into a podcast but the beauty of having the live stream piece of it is we can engage with the community we can engage with people that might have questions about cloud microphones or the cloud lifter and and so that's where i think you have to you have to think about how can i explain this you know what's going on visually in an audio sense that it makes sense. And I think that's not always easy. And I think sometimes when Chris edits our podcast, I'm sure there's parts (laughs) of the video that he's cutting out because it just doesn't necessarily make sense, you know. And so I think that's part of the challenge. But I think that really interview type shows, whether it's, you know, like this one today where we've got four folks on, I think those work well. As a podcast, but I also think there's a lot to be said for having the video component, because one, you can repurpose it where I've seen a lot of people, you know, struggle. They're like, well, I don't know if I want to do video like I've been I would just talk to a a local podcasting company and they do a daily podcast for a, um, a local paper. Right. And it's like, well, why not do some video? And make that the teaser that gets people to go listen to the rest of the story if they don't want to do a full video. I think that, you know, people are more into this, like, bite-sized consumption of content that it's kind of like it's the hook. Oh, I got to hear more. And I think that's where, as Chris and I have, have worked together on Dealcasters, which uh, next month is three years, it's hard to believe, we've we've evolved how we handle the show and and where we put things and I think uh where I think a lot of people are like oh I just want to be on a podcast player and they're like well why can't I get anyone to listen to my podcast because you're not creating content that drives people to go listen to it and I think that's part of the challenge.
0: Mm, That's, that's really interesting. So uh, one of the things, you know, I did when I started my, uh, my first podcast was the Manly Pinterest uh, uh, podcast. And you think Pinterest is all visual and like, how is that a podcast? But we made it work. And I would, I would coach the, the, the guests beforehand. I'm like, listen, this is a podcast. So if you're going to talk about something visually, you need to, you know, describe it like the studio of the mind and, and really kind of uh, do that. So I think it can work. It was a lot harder. And some of them I didn't yeah. release as a podcast because it was just like, you know, they brought up screen chairs and we were like doing things and like critiquing uh, people's shows. I mean, people's pins, but so Chris, what are some of the unique challenges that you faced both podcasting and live streaming? Cause you've done both and you actually produce both for clients. Um, and and jim kind of touched on a little bit that you know some people don't feel comfortable doing the camera stuff or and and i know you just had i don't know if you can talk about it or not but you just had somebody really famous in your podcast uh, on a podcast you produce and he said i don't want to be on on camera which to me was be be a huge downer because he's so famous and well-known and all that kind of stuff so what are some struggles that you've had to overcome uh, on this front
2: yeah, personally, with with my journey, I'm you know like a, you know like Alec Johnson and Ian Anderson, Graham, covering, uh, recovering perfectionist, and so live streaming really helped me power through that. And my uh, my earliest live shows were are an absolute train wreck, <laughs> and because of my recovering perfectionism, I was like, I, I'm going to go back and take those down, but I leave them up. I absolutely leave them up and i'll even go back and watch and have a little cringe fest uh because it's i think it's important to realize how far you can come and be able to you know if i'm out here telling people they got to go through these reps and get better at what they're doing and get past their perfectionism i can't go back and take that stuff down it's just like this is this is your proof right this is this is how terrible i was when i when i went live for the first time but my second show got better my third show got better but I, I don't, that's kind of like my personal sort of journey and like specifics, I don't I don't really have them, but I can tell you specifically what you're talking about, Jeff, is one of the shows that I produce is actually more of a regional county-based uh, podcast. And I think a lot of people realize like, hey, if I'm gonna do a show, it has to be the Chris Stone Show, or the, I this is what I do, I'm a podcaster, so it's something about podcasting, it's like, You don't have to do a show necessarily about what you do, but if you do a show, people will hear you, people will see you, and people will eventually trust whatever you're doing. So this show is actually based in a mattress, an independent mattress store in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And these two gentlemen are really, really great in their community about giving back to nonprofits and charities. And so they have this show and they shine a light on these small businesses and these nonprofits and these charities. And every show they give money to these charities and they have this huge community of people that support all of this and they talk about the you know the best restaurants and you know and and so it's it's i love doing that show because for me it's it, i feel great about doing it and we just recently um had on their 100th episode brett michaels the uh, lead singer of poison right he is from central pennsylvania and um he did an interview with them on the show. And they, when I first approached these guys uh, and we were talking about doing what we were doing, they assumed that they were gonna be doing a video podcast that would be audio. So it would be more of an asynchronous thing. And I said, we're doing this live. And they were just like, they were a a little horrified, (laughs) mostly surprised and tried to understand like how this was all going to work. And we've built this community together on this platform. So every time when we go live, they're doing giveaways, they're doing all kinds of stuff because they've built this, this amount of people that that join every single week. They have super fans that show up just like for this show. We have super fans, whether it's, it's Peg or, or Gary or me or whomever, showing up every single week that we can or finding it on replay, which we should also talk about and how that works. And I'd love to be able to answer Paul's question a little bit more specifically as far as what content works for audio versus video mm-hmm. and all of that. But I think um, is sort of a long-winded answer to what you're saying is like, listen, if you think going live is really just, you don't know what it's going to do, do it, and then see what it's gonna do for you because this is a way for you to put yourself out there as you I think a lot of people have a trust issue with all of these produced videos and all of these edited videos. And listen, I'm a, I'm a video editor big time. Like I, yeah. I've, I've chopped up videos for clients and then I give it to them and they love it. And I was like, hey, guess what? It doesn't seem like you. It doesn't seem like you. You gotta do some stuff that feels like you. Like you gotta give somebody like, hey, here's my messy drawers on the floor every once in a while. And here's me saying, um, once in a while, and here's me dropping the phone or whatever, not doing it on purpose, obviously, but be okay with that kind of stuff every once in a while. It's not, not that big of a deal.
0: So I do want to go back and talk about, you know, what works and what doesn't? Because I know both, I mean, Jim kind of answered that, but Chris, I want you to as well. But uh, Connor has a great question over here from WDW Opinion. By the way, go check out Connor's site. He's amazing, a travel agent. Uh, he says, uh, consistency is important for podcast growth. If you do a live stream, but not each episode works for repurposing to a podcast feed, would that inconsistent schedule hinder the growth of a podcast? That's a great question because you guys both mentioned that sometimes the DealCaster show can't be doing one. Like if you're doing a wrap-up of like, you know, uh, prime day deals or whatever, and that's not going to be really a good podcast probably because it's just like, here's products and we're going to kind of oh, go yeah. through them. So what what would you tell Connor about the podcasting schedule? I'm going to go with Jim first and then bounce back to Chris and you can kind of wrap it up, that question up.
3: Yeah, so Chris will probably agree with me on this, but uh, in our case, I mean, I guess you could say, Connor, we're, we're guilty as charged when it comes to deal casters. We're not consistently like every week like oh my gosh we've got to get someone scheduled we've got to do a a podcast so we'll have some gaps but i think because we have the video and we are able to you know kind of keep teasing stuff out there i don't think people always realize that oh well they haven't had a recent episode of their podcast in three weeks or, or two weeks so i think it can work i i think What happens, though, is maybe, you know, and this is from going to some of these podcasting conferences, is people are so concerned about monetizing their podcast, about getting downloads, that they get more focused on that as opposed to putting out good content. And so I I think it really, you know, it's a long game no matter how you look at it. If you start to see that, hey, I really like having this podcast, then you're going to adjust your workflow to do that. I mean... The, the truth of the matter is, I think, uh, what is it like there's less than five, five hundred thousand podcasts that uh, have released an episode in the last 90 days mm. out of the millions of podcasts that there that there are. So I think, you know, and you could say, I'm going to do a podcast monthly. It, it, I, so if you can get some sort of consistency, I think that helps. But I don't think it's going to crush you if you, you know, you miss a couple of weeks or maybe you start to batch them first before you start releasing the podcast so that you can, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to put one out every two weeks because I know somewhere in there I'll be able to keep that flow going of of having, you know, a couple out there and some in the can, you know, as opposed to like putting that pressure, oh, I got to have something out every week. I got to have some, you know, people, I guess some people do daily podcasts, but that's kind of my thoughts on it. Um, And I think that's because I come more from the live streaming side and, I've just seen that having a podcast, it's, it's just it's another channel that allows you to reach more people.
0: Chris, what about your thoughts on
2: this? Yeah, Connor, I think you're you're on the right track in terms of consistency. I think consistency is not just important because you get found better if you're more consistent on the platform and you're showing up for for people and that and your your downloads are going in the right direction. Right direction. This is basically, you know, what I see with with every one of my clients. If you, if your consistency is ebbing and flowing, so will your your downloads. But we don't we don't chase downloads. Uh, so you know, the consistency, it, it, your in inability to be consistent will affect that. But I think your inability to be consistent also affects your ability to get better as a podcaster. So to Jim's point, I think one thing you you I. Listen, I, three of my clients, like nobody's working next week, okay? It's 4th of July, like, and I, you know, not many people are gonna be listening to podcasts. podcast. At least we don't think, but maybe. But I can promise you, there's gonna be shows next week. And so they're already done, they're in the can. They're, they're ready to broadcast, they're up on platforms, they're ready to be launched. They're batched, to Jim's point. And so, and you don't have to do the same show every time. This is the one of the great beauties of podcasting is that you can change the rules a little bit, depending, you make sure you're serving your audience still but you don't have to have an interview with a guest every single time you do a podcast do a solo episode say this was on my mind you know i want to be able to talk to my community and so and then batch that episode because and the, or keep it ready because you're going to oh, oh i don't have a guest this week all right I'm, i have an episode here where i talked about this let me throw it up on the platform have it you can you can replay it live as a broadcast um, you know, jump into the chat if people have questions or whatever. I, I don't like that whole sort of "I'm live but I'm not really live" thing from mm-hmm. a batched episode. I like to be upfront with people. Like this is a pre-recorded episode, but if you got any questions, let me know. We'll make sure we get to you. So I don't know if that helps, but you know, if you if you batch your stuff and you think about the consistency, it's okay. One of my clients went through major knee surgery and he was out for uh, a month and we, uh, we batched interviews and we batched solo episodes and we had the whole thing planned out and he went and never, you know, had to worry about his show and he stayed consistent and that growth continued. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So, um, I, so that's the the cool thing is you can you can make it work for you and we've done the same thing here. Um, the only time was like a, a couple of weeks ago when my power went out and I couldn't do anything. There wasn't any chance to batch, but a lot of times uh, we will we'll record something and we'll say, hey, this is a pre recorded show and let it go, and it gives you that breathing room, a vacation room, and just it just takes a little bit of it planning. And and most of the time, if you are consistent, your audience is super forgiving about that kind of stuff. They they understand that oh. you. You want to take a break and you know go on a cruise or whatever (laughs) so uh paul you had a question speaking of cruises but uh
1: (laughs) so one of the things live streaming is my comfort that's where i you know started and where i come from and so one of the things i struggle with and is we talked about it already it's easy on a live stream we get in questions popped up it's easy to engage with the audience and and bring them in but how do you do that with a podcast and you know how, how does that audience engagement work on different platforms
0: that's a great question, uh, Jim. You'll go, and then I'll, I'll wrap it up with Chris again.
3: Yeah, I think I think because we always think live stream first, the podcast is what we take out of the live stream. We haven't run into that. Uh, you know, we we have not. You know, purposefully said, hey, we're going to create a podcast first episode with as an example with Dealcaster. So we've we've been like you, Paul, where we're we're live, we're getting that interaction. So I haven't had that that feel now. Now, I did previously do a podcast with um, Christian Karasevich It was called Launch Your Live, and we did about 50 episodes together. And that was truly a podcast. But we would do uh, interviews with people where we were doing on YouTube, but they weren't live. And so. I I don't like that as much either from the perspective. I I do like having that audience engagement because people like even today, you know, ask good questions that you maybe wouldn't have thought of if you're just doing that episode, uh, you know, kind of in the vacuum. So that's where I think, too, right. We've got like this, especially with what YouTube is doing, kind of this uh, this world is changing of where video is getting more involved in how people are going to process things and and or then you'll have people say like, well I'm, I'm gonna do a podcast um, I, I want to have some video but I don't know if I want to use the video right so they're recording it they're not using that dynamic of live audience engagement and and I would say even from the perspective of when you listen to a podcast unless you're gonna like contact the host or whatever there's really from my perspective there's not a lot of engagement with a podcast host unless they have some other way for you to engage with them with with a community or whatever Mm. so
0: chris what are your thoughts on this uh engagement aspect you know live versus podcast or if you can have a live streaming you know you mentioned taking the audio and playing that's what we do here what are your thoughts on engagement in that medium
2: yeah it's much more uh, asynchronous right so if if you know somebody's listening to a replay of your interview with jim and chris and they yeah uh, it sparks a question uh you may hear from them uh but chances are it's like maybe they're listening to it on their commute and uh or, or on their run or whatever and they just were like you know maybe you know they get one thing out of that podcast and they use it but they're not It's a little bit more difficult for them to sort of communicate some people they prefer it because they just are not comfortable in the you know maybe they don't even understand like what's going on with the live thing where do i watch it like it's hard to believe that here we are in 2023 and that's the situation But we have this curse of knowledge that we think everybody knows about live video and where to go and has a youtube channel and has all this stuff but but you know most people don't like they just don't understand this is why when you use the word podcast they don't. They, they think of what looks like uh, uh, that's on CNN or like, hey, I was watching this podcast and I was like, where, do you, you know, where were you watching it? And I was like, it was on TV. It was like, that, you know, and my, right. my brain starts tweaking out. It's like, that's not a button. No, you can't. You just, you know, it's a curse of knowledge where it's like, listen, we've had years of, of building to this on, on Google Plus drink, um, you know, where, where we've lived this thing and we can't assume that everyone knows that and so some people are just now coming in and listening in a more intimate fashion to your audio podcast. And I think one really underrated thing about podcasting in both places, okay? And and that means, you know, you're going to you're going live or you're doing a pre-recorded episode on video, but you're also putting it in an audio place and if you're going live I used to think when people were chiming in that I oh gosh like during the interview don't don't mention Jim's name and Peg's name and Connor's name like don't don't mention them right because oh geez that that these people are going to tune out here we are we're what 28 minutes into this show these people are here right? right and if they're listening 20 minutes into the show it doesn't matter that I said someone's name And in fact, the the most underrated part about the podcast is if they catch you on audio and they hear you talking to people and they know that this show's live, they're gonna come back and find you on video. They're going to maybe follow you and subscribe to you on YouTube and then get reminders and join the video later. And if you talk about your audio version of the podcast on the video, they're going to subscribe to you on Apple Podcasts and listen to you when they you know on audio on their commutes because they like right. to do that too so you got to use both to promote each other
0: See, I think that's a great point. And w- w- one of the uh, Luria Petucci, who we've had on here, who's a big YouTuber, a uh, great live streamer, she sets up her show very structured. And I kind of use some of her elements where uh, usually I, you know, we have a section where we talk at my show usually has three sections. And then we have I try to bring in questions as well. She does it in a certain section so she can chop out those parts of her audio if she wants to or, or make a YouTube video out of it. So that's an option as well. I kind of go to the uh, thing like Chris was just saying where people like to listen to the show because of convenience or they can't make it at this time during the Friday where I try to keep it consistent. And so they like to listen to it. But I think it's an advertisement like come in and listen to the show because we will try to answer your questions, and we will try to, to bring up yes. the things that matter to you. In fact, I wanted to bring up Randy's question to this point. She goes, also, watching live is way cooler. So I would agree with you, Randy, <laughs> as well. But Jim has this great question, and this is, this is what I love about the live show and, and even the podcast audio, because I don't take it out, because I think the – My audience asks great questions. And Jim says, I was working with a duo who was convinced that their show had to be live same time each week, exactly 60 minutes and 13 episodes as a season, just like TV. Does any of that work on podcasting? (laughs) Now, I think episodic content and seasons, a lot of podcasters do that. Michael Hyatt has done that um, so they can release it like that. But Jim, what do you I mean? I mean, Chris, what do you think about this? And then we'll go to Jim of. Can you be too structured
2: and then like suck
0: all the joy out of podcasting? I don't know. What do you, what are your thoughts
2: of Jim's question? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, Listen, you know, and I don't want to speak for, uh, for Jim um, here and, and whoever he was working with Uh, it, you know, it depends on you know, the the show itself, if they feel like their audience is better served in sort of this episodic uh, way and, and launching things in season and they have gotten that feedback and they see the data as this is helping them, okay. I just know myself, number one, you don't number your episodes. Uh, you don't, you know, no one cares necessarily about this season one of Dealcasters, right? It's just like, what's, you know, no, there's no point. like. Uh, I work at it from a standpoint of nobody knows who I am. Mm. And they found this show and they hit play. And so the first thing they wanna know is, it's uh, what Kirk Nugent talks about, station identification, right? You're here, this is the show, this is for this person and you're gonna get this, okay? That person hears that, station identification, right? You're sitting in a plane, this plane's going to Orlando. Whoops, I'm supposed to go to Vegas, right? I'm out of (laughs) here. Right, and so so that's what you do the first time you hit it. Don't say hey and like this is season two, episode four hundred and twenty eight. People are like, what do you? am, Am I supposed to be here? Like, who who are you serving? Who who am I talking to right now? And so, I think it's really important. Um, that you look at that first and you say, this is who this show is for this is this is what I'm hoping to accomplish with it. And the things like seasons and episode numbers and things like that, like we just did this episode number 100 and it was a big celebration and and everything. okay you know 16 episodes from now we're not talking about 100, episode 116. We're just not. it was a it was a moment to where we could just celebrate. And so it gave us the excuse to be able to to celebrate that and maybe, A podcaster can say, hey, this is my end of season spectacular. Okay, and if that means something to the audience and you feel like you're going to get engagement, go for it, you know, Mm -hmm. and and do it if you feel like it's going to serve your audience. So, Jim, what are your thoughts
3: on this question that Jim had? I I agree. I agree a lot with Chris on this. I mean, even, you know, especially like the Tim and Jim show in August is our five year anniversary. But we're not going to say, hey, this is episode number umpty frats we just we kind of use that time (laughs) space of hey this we've been doing this for five years because you know there's been a couple times right we've had some weeks where maybe we didn't have the show because of a holiday or or things that come up so i i don't think people sit there and like well how many shows did they actually do and and i think where seasons maybe make sense especially if it's maybe it's more like say for an example you know because i know uh, football season's coming up maybe you have a podcast that's about football, right? And so maybe you're starting with the preseason and then you end it when the playoffs end. That, that makes sense to me, right? Like you could, you could do it mm-hmm. that way. But I, I would agree with Chris. I, I don't really uh, think it matters that, you know, if that's, if that's what people want to do because that's when they like to take a break. Right. And I think that's what people use it for is, uh, you know, like I know our friend Megan Powers has seasons, but I know she takes a break before she starts her next season And and so I, I mean for some That's people what, that works And you know Yeah for, I think it's a, it's
0: a great way to do it And I know why Michael Hyatt did it as well Is because it was you know Season one's over you know be ready for season two That's when they're batching it and then they can release it and have that break after they release it so a question um we have such great questions from our audience before we move to this next section because i think this is really important a lot of people who are are wanting to do live video this is a big fear or they started and they're having this issue so randy goes any tips on how to handle trolls when going live so um jim i know people are always
3: you know probably trolling you but i just what what are your suggestions I mean, you know, we, we may get trolls, but uh, my my suggestion is I just ignore them. I, I don't care. They don't bug me. You know, eventually we'll delete the comment. We'll block them. I, I don't engage with them. I don't give them the time of day. That That's my perspective on trolls. Because I think if you let the troll get into your head, it's going to affect how your show is going. And you have, like right now, you have all these great people here in the comments that we're here to serve them. We're not here to serve somebody that uh you know wants to ruin everybody else's uh entertainment and enjoyment of the show right
0: so chris what i mean yeah what what's some of your advice just ignore them um let the community I, take care I of them.
2: think most of the time you're ignoring them they just want the attention right they want to see you be affected by what what they've said and don't let it affect you right and so um, it takes a number of trolls and there's some people and and you know Jim and I have been lucky I don't know it's maybe because we're 250 plus year old knuckleheads we don't get as many of uh, people that say really ugly nasty things that we've heard and seen on other people's um, uh, live streams and you know but we can learned from them and what they've told us is like you know they're going to say oh it looks like somebody here is being naughty in the chat so let me just block uh, block them and we're gonna move on and continue and so that does two things it it gets rid of the troll but it also lets other people know hey, this person's looking out for me here. Like uh, they didn't. They, this is this is still a place. It's still a, a a great place for us to to do it. And they're not going to allow this, you know. And lots of times, what you see if you build a community like you, like you have here on this show, if a troll jumps in and starts doing it, your community will probably start, you know, bashing them. Right. right. And so you you do want to get rid of them because you don't want that's another thing that like you you can't you can't control really your community engaging with a troll on your chat. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can kick that troll out of the out of the chat. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you don't want that to go go on too much in that <laughs> chat. But it does make you feel good as a host that like, hey, my people got my back in the chat while I'm yeah. doing, you know, this interview or, or whatever you're doing. Yeah. So, Paul, I want to go to you
0: because. One of the things I was thinking when when Chris was talking was like trolls probably scale and you have millions of people Mm -hmm. watching your live stream. So Paul is a big deal. I'm just lucky enough that he comes on this show and and hangs out with me. Um, So how do you handle it? Do you have moderators that you uh, engage with that? But I'd like to I'm just fascinated. Like, how do you handle this with millions of people watching a live stream?
1: And we get so in our community we deal with a few issues that are a little more sensitive so we have political issues we have racial issues so we we get this and and i kind of i couldn't put the trolls we get into two categories one there's just the people that like what we're talking about they're just in there to get attention and so my advice to that is ban early and often and just get them out we have other people that are that are legitimately mad angered upset about an issue and they may not know how to answer it. I, I may still end up banning those people, but at times we will address what their underlying question is. You know, on a live stream if we if it's a show like this, we'll talk about it. Um not maybe to give them any air, but to at least uh, address what's going on in the chat and, and make sure that whatever that underlying issue is we we can answer the question and move on uh on our on our powwow live stream yes we have moderators that are man you know we we have a crew that's that's looking at those and monitoring the chat and but we do rely on our our audience like like jim and uh and you know we're talking about is hopefully your community is at such a place where they'll kind of you know take over and um let me know if, if I miss, you know, if I'm not paying attention right. or whatever, and I miss something they're the ones that will alert me sometimes. And they're the ones that kind of will turn on those trolls and, and really help you out.
0: That's cool. So I'm this is I'm going to go to the next section because I could stay on this one all the time. Uh, as you know, I like to go down rabbit holes, but I want to talk about reach. And I'm going to go right back to Paul and then we'll go back around the circle because of Paul's, you know, he has a huge amount of reach. Com- I mean, millions of people watch his live stream. That's a big big amount of reach so have you thought and and have you seen the way your podcasts and how content creators can leverage both podcasting and live streamings together like our friend Lou Mangello, like he has a huge podcast but he also does really great engagement on his Wednesday night live show where he talks about his podcast or does stuff with the community invites them to other events that he's having so I can see some of those things so how do you do it Paul uh, leveraging you know both those two together to maximize that reach
1: yes for me our our live stream our powwow live streams are kind of where we want our audience to end up that's our end goal uh, with with these kind of platforms so that's where we're driving and we're using the podcast or we're using our weekly live show to talk about those and drive the community to our big powwow live streams and so the the podcast or whatever I, i just kind of feel like it's um a calling card or just a plate, you know, a way that we can use different platforms to build the community and then drive people to our bigger live streams. But I'm really curious to hear what you guys have too. You know, how are you, how does the podcast drive reach to the live stream for y'all? You know, how do, do you view it differently than that?
0: Yeah, Jim. So I, I want to, you can talk about Jim and Chris show because that's those both a podcast yeah. and a live stream, right, too? right? So how are you using those together?
3: I think w- when we started, it was more like, because you know the the truth of the matter is, if you go up to people and it's like, uh, you know, hey, have you heard of uh, you know the Amazon you know influencer program or an Amazon live stream? You know, you get that dog look like what? <laughs> you know, and, and and we've been doing it for for three years, and so that by creating the podcast and getting it out there and being able to go to you know these even these podcast uh, conferences, you know, it's like yeah, we have a podcast and it's based off off of our show. In fact, Jeff, you were on the the panel with us where we talked to people how we were repurposing our live stream into a podcast it allows us to have you know the show notes it and describe what we were maybe talking about during the show and then we also have the link to where people can go watch it whether it's on our youtube channel or whatever so i think for us the podcast is more about building awareness as opposed to uh you know it, it just becomes another channel where hey what's this deal casters thing. And, and, you know, cause we talk about tech. And so it, it I think it drives people to maybe want to watch it, you know, going back to what uh, people were talking about. And then they can see our other episodes where we're just specifically, it's just me and Chris talking and demonstrating these, these things as opposed to making every live stream a podcast.
0: So Chris, I want to talk about this with your and your clients and how you do it. Cause you have multiple, you also have multiple uh, clients and that are live streams of podcasters. Do you have one that are just one and not the other, or is it, or and, and how do you see the maximizing reach? Is there people who just podcast and that's all you do is produce their podcast and not, they don't have a live show?
2: Um, most of them do a live show and we repurpose that live content into a version that was on the live stream as an audio podcast. In my, uh, and Jim touched on it, my the biggest thing especially at the levels uh, that we're we're working in is the the number one thing is is people know that you're not when you start launching podcasts on an audio player or even on video it doesn't make you money okay and i think everyone needs to know you got to put in work and it's a cost center for you it's a marketing thing for you and so the number one thing is when you launch a podcast google loves it right and so as long as everything's connected on your back end and you've got a website and all of those things you're gonna your seo is going to be like holy guacamole right you're gonna be like i used to type in deal casters into a google browser and you got to page 10 before you saw our podcast now you know there's 10 pages 10 pages of us and so you can't you know that you can't be understated is getting found is is a big deal. And so because we have multiple versions and the clients that I serve have multiple versions of it, we're just putting it out there saying, "Hey, if you consume it this way, this is this is for you. If it, if you'd rather watch a show and and see it on replay or engage live, here it is and you could subscribe and you'll get a live bell and do all the things. If you'd rather listen to it, it's here for you as well." And so, you know, it I'm not saying that you shouldn't maybe alter things, you know, for a particular platform. But what I would never suggest is if you're going to be on nine platforms doing nine different things is probably not going to be efficient for you. So the the way that, that I've always felt like the way to do this is to create a show that serves people live, but also can be taken and serve other people on replay either in an asynchronous community fashion as a as an audio podcast or on Facebook on social media all of those things so that if somebody's more comfortable watching a video on Facebook they can jump in make comments like it and watch and 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 listen another thing i just wanted to make mention of is lots of times we look at views and and likes and all the social proof for all of these things and we think god is anybody is you know what am I doing here what am I doing trust me they are watching they are watching they are listening it takes a lot for someone especially here and thank you for you know Peg and Jim and Randy all these folks that are making comments do you realize it, it takes a lot for someone to sit for 45 minutes or an hour for to watch and to listen to this content it takes even more for them to have the guts to open up their phone and type a question in and want to learn something so when that happens and you're a live streamer you're a host shower that person with love because those that's that's your those are your people like welcome this is great how else can i serve you
0: Mm. that is you're, you're preaching the choir but that is good good stuff to hear um yeah and and Earlier on, Jim, we talked about maximizing reach, but Jim, we talked about repurposing, and I know Chris and Jim both do that. I mean, I, I actually based a lot of how I um, lay out my repurposing based on what I've seen uh, Chris do with his video editing skills. And um, yeah, You're influencing
2: so. me now, brother. <laughs> the There's repurposing a lot of stuff, stuff I'm like, man, you're getting big, too
0: good big deal yeah so that's what happens you you, you know iron sharpens iron um, yeah, so right. I, but Paul you had a, had a great question too that I wanted to make sure you had time to ask
1: yeah you guys kind of alluded to using different things in your live stream to help maybe get people to the podcast or or talking about things in the podcast to get them over to your your lives or your product demonstration so can you give people out there that are struggling with this what are some techniques we can use to to kind of get our audiences to go between the two platforms?
2: Chris. Um, I think not being afraid to mention either or throughout the course of your of your show, but not spending too much time in a live situation, like really going down a particular rabbit hole from a visual. I mean, I think a lot of times, you know, we'll do a show. And you know i always pull everything into dscript it's it's like everything goes in there right and so uh, it allows me to visually see what we were talking about and then i also have a notepad next to me and i was like okay at minute 24 we did something highly visual here. This isn't gonna work for the podcast audience, right? Even at minute 24 though, if they're already there, as long as you're not spending too much time saying, okay, look at this and then do this, but you're not giving in, right. in, in you know, some audio that gives it some context to a listener. Also keep in mind, a lot of times right now, someone's multitasking. You know, Randy okay. might be hammering out a blog while, she, you know, while she's listening, you know, but doesn't really, you know, can't really stand uh, this, this knucklehead on the screen currently. But, um, so she might be multitasking. I do it all the time. I'll watch the show on Friday and I'll be in the middle of doing some sort of visual editing or whatever, but I'm listening. Right. And so I think that's, that's another thing we got to think of. It's not just video. It's not just audio. Sometimes on the video, they're only listening. And I think that's increasing, especially um, lately as YouTube is rolling more and more into podcasts.
0: That's a great point. So, like,
2: one of my favorite
0: show, one of my favorite podcasts was Smartless. I like to listen to it. Eric Fisher introduced me to it. And then all of a sudden, they came out with a video. Uh, they have season one, um, like on HBO Max, where you can actually watch them filming the live version of their road tour show, which is great. They combine things together. You can watch visually, you can listen to it. So, uh, so, Jim, do you have any things that you've seen uh to to do what we've been talking about like using this to increase reach? like if you don't want to listen to podcast i've been using my podcast for this show actually to do a little pre roll before them saying, "Hey, thank you guys so much for watching, but also hey i've got this course coming up, and you know or this this happened i'm sorry that i didn 't come on last week because we had the power outage and talking to them a little bit like like uh Chris was saying earlier there 's something intimate about being in their ear so what are your thoughts um? you kind of merge the two together jim
3: well i think the biggest thing that and, and and you so you have to remember Dealcasters started on amazon we had no other platforms that we were on so we started building out the social channels and i think that's where a lot of people struggle i, I think it's important to take those short clips whether it's out of the live you know and and make it make it into shorts make it into reels uh you know Post it on LinkedIn as a, as a part of the, the video, as a native video, and that will get people interested, right? You've got to build that awareness because, it, you know, it's that whole no like and trust thing, right? Mm-hmm. If I don't know you guys, I'm not going to sit there and invest in all that show. But if, if you know, you take a, a minute of Chris Stone or, or Jeff C or, or Paul saying something brilliant, that's like, you know what, this person, you know, what they're saying resonates with me i want to go watch more or i want to go listen to more and so you can give them those options right as they when they because then when they go to that full oh this is also a podcast or oh this is a podcast but i can also watch the video and i and that's where i see most people struggle because they don't want to put the work in to put it out on their social channels and the platforms tell us what to do and they're all wanting us to do these short clips uh, I'm right. personally not a big fan of the, uh, the audiograms, but I know some people uh, do that. I think that you know, the video is, is putting out a lot more of those, uh, I like to right. say, senses that you don't necessarily catch when it's audio only. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And just so to like,
2: dovetail a little bit, and, and to me, uh, Paul, maybe this, maybe this helps uh, a little bit more, is that we can't assume that everybody's listened to every minute of every show we've ever done. <laughs> okay and so we just can't right and so this is the beauty of having a tool like Descript or some of these others is like boy there's some really great nuggets or excerpts or highlights from episodes that are longer than a minute right it's very hard to tell a story in a minute or less Um, And so we do this because, you know, we create shorts and reels and TikTok and all of the vertical videos. And those are, you know, sort of, you you can't tell a story. You can't like really elaborate and really, so, but what you can do, and a lot of shows do this, is they create just another YouTube channel that's just the clips, right? Or or they, they create this on the same channel and just put it on a playlist and it's maybe 10 minutes, you know, regarding leveraging podcasting and live streaming for a wider reach. And then take that and put it up as, a, as another audio podcast. And, yeah, that entire interview is later. But if you launch it as a podcast, and maybe this helps Connor in terms of batching your content, you can't, you can't assume that at minute 38 somebody heard what Jim Fuse said. But if he said something really juicy and there's a five-minute excerpt, why not take that? And then you introduce the audio podcast and, "Hey, I had a great interview with Jim Fuse, and he talked about how you can leverage your reach." And it's a replay from, uh, you know, the uh, episode one twenty eight, which is you can you can listen to the full interview if you want to do it. So now you're promoting your own episodes, right? But you're actually saying, "Hey, I want to dust this off, and I want you to hear it because I feel like you know you as my audience can be served, and I will make sure that you heard this, and maybe it promotes the full listen." but it also serves your audience at the same time. There's no rules. We can, you know, and a podcast doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't have to be, you know, you know, whatever. It's however your audience consumes it.
0: So you could actually release that as like a, like let's say the show goes out on Saturday. So maybe I do those clips on Tuesday and have a little extra episode in my podcast playlist. I know, um, once again, our friend Lou Mangello has started doing that. He's been going back to his archives, like, cause he's got, he's been doing it since the dawn of time. You know, when Disney was being constructed, and pulls it out and, like, talks about something that he knows will resonate with the audience, which I think is a genius way to do it so yeah. speaking of genius ways to do things let's go into this next section which is all about the dealcasters brand and we talked about going live on amazon that's where they started and before we go on I want to make sure to, to mention our pals at ecams so you can find out more about them at social forward slash ecam they actually have some tools that let you go live on Amazon and see the comments and when amazon's working oh everything can connect but it's great <laughs> that they could, that they have that option so if you'd like to if you're an amazon uh, influencer or a streamer uh, Make sure to check out Ecam at social forward slash ecam. So let's talk about the Dealcasters brand. And Paul, jump in here because I know uh you're on Amazon as well and you got some great questions. But Jim, I want to start with you. Like, tell us more about Dealcasters. You mentioned it started on Amazon, but what why did it start there on Amazon and what sets it apart from other tech focused shows?
3: Well, I think it it started because uh you know Chris and I had wanted to do something together and you know R- Ross brand had said hey there's this a- Amazon influencer program I-, I figured out how to apply got accepted it's like wow that was that was easy and uh, I said hey Chris w- we can actually go live on Amazon and he was like wow so that's it was it, it's our sandbox it's really what we look at it is because we like to break things we like to figure stuff out and so I think that's one way where we're different. And the other thing is we never looked at it as a, you know, QVC, HSN thing. We we're you know, Chris has come up with the term we live solve on our show. Right. So we're helping people, you know, overcome that uh, that fear of technology, helping them, you know, solve their problems. And then we bring guests on that also, you know, make, you know, just like you like to do, Jeff, we bring people on for free consulting. So we get smarter and so i think that is where our show i think is different than a lot of other tech shows like we're not just there to be all geeky we like to have fun you know we we uh you know we we have sometimes you know we do some star wars themed shows and some right. other things and yeah. you know we, we we've done deal casters after dark before and, and and you know things like that and who knows now with the the way that uh, the the nfl stuff is changing we may do a little bit more stuff uh in that in that realm because you know chris and i both like uh sports as well so uh it's just been it's been fun to do that and i think because we're having fun people see that people resonate with that because it's not like we're this like oh gosh you know we got to do this we get and we don't think about oh my gosh i got to sell you know 15 uh you know sure mv7x's before the show is over or it's a failure we don't think about those right gotcha so chris how did what's your origin story
0: i mean how did you meet jim was he yeah was he like did you see him on the side of the street and felt sorry for him
2: and Pretty like much. took him home? Yeah, I found and, him on like, a dating washed app. Washed him up. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> um, no, we met at a, uh, we met at a podcast uh, meetup that was in Atlanta and uh, just became fast friends. And we, you know, obviously do some of the same things in terms of remote production. And we know we needed to do uh, we had talked about doing a show, and you know, um, we just kind of tossing around some ideas. And then, you know, when uh, when the Amazon approval came in, I was like, "This is the place we do this. This becomes a sandbox uh, for us to play in." Right? So. Came up with that idea, uh, just launched herself on Amazon and said, like, you know, you know, Jim has this, you know, Kim Kardashian-like network of of uh, you know <laughs> wonderful people like Jeff C and Jennifer Watson, and uh, you know, we knew Chris Kermitzos, and you know, we started talking to people that were launching books, like Dave Jackson, who's you know School of Podcasting, who's like this Hall of Fame podcaster, and he was launching a book, and we we're like, well, I wonder if he would, if he might come on our show. We've only had we only have like two episodes. And he said yes, and it was like, okay, this might be a real thing, and um, we were actually making content we thought was really good. And like I said, it was a sandbox for us to say, okay, we're on, we're on Amazon. We got to get people's attention, so we got to do flash. We got to do some stuff. We got to, you know, uh, the players muted when people start watching us. so We're going to start doing some unmute graphics, and we were just like, it was all of this, you know, wild west kind of thing to play with. But we never really said, hey, we're doing this because we want to make money on this platform. And so we were just doing this, we were having fun, we created some product videos, we're doing all this other stuff. And one day we opened up our commission report, and we were like, holy, this is (laughs) what just happened. And by the time we just kind of figured it out, we said, you know, instead of taking the the mindset, uh, you know, the scarcity mindset of saying, "Ooh, let's not tell anybody, right? Let's like, let's, let's just no." We were like, we got to tell more people about this because the content at the time on on Amazon was not that great, to be honest. I mean, it was like some of it was some early YouTube hot garbage, and so we were like. If, if this thing's going to continue for us, we want to make the content on this platform better. So we started talking to people like Professor Nez and Kevin Colby and Gabe Aloisi and Jeff C and people like that. They were like, hey, you got, you come on over. I, and I promise you, um, if you do it this way, you're going to make more money than you do on YouTube. And, lo and behold we weren't wrong um and uh so that's really kind of the way this whole thing launched and jim and i to this date know that if there's and flows and there is in your amazon commission report because we're not in control amazon's in control they pull all the strings and you know we do what we do and there's tons of people on the platform doing content like we are we know that we weren't in this to begin with to make money and so we, we continue on that mission of like, this is our, our way to solve people's problems and do what we do as live producers. And so you know you want, it's, it's a nice way to kind of monetize yourself, but it's also a nice way to show people what you can do live and create an engaging live show. And they go, I want that. I, whatever you did on that episode, I want that for my show. And that's how it, it sort of kind of took off, I guess.
0: Well, you guys are the ones who showed me, I mean, I had a storefront for, you know, I was in the influencer program just because I wanted the storefront back in the day and then started going live. And then you were like, oh, by the way, you need to do these product videos. And so... You evangelized to me, and then I got Paul actually to start doing it. And he's got a, a KDP like a notebook coming out like in the next couple of days. I mean, he's going to town on there. So, Paul, I know you had some questions as we wrap up the show because I, well, I could talk about this all the time, but go. go yeah, on. I mean,
1: you know, I'm watching some of you guys' product videos and. Your your live shows um, and getting to see you guys play with tech at Podfest. I'm really jealous because you've gotten to experience so much cool stuff. So, if somebody's new to Dealcasters, what are some uh, episodes they should go back and watch? What have been some of your favorite things to get to review and and, and look at?
0: Hmm, Jim, I'll go with you first because you look like you have the hardest time.
3: <laughs> 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 that's that's a good one. I I would say that I think some of our best episodes where we're like the the may the fourth be with you where we're like playing around with star wars stuff you know like i put on a yeah, boba fett helmet and we pull out lightsabers and all sorts of stuff like that uh, th- those have been a lot of fun and um and then we've had some great interviews you know we've had uh people like you know jeff c on and and we just had you know uh, james hicks i mean just some really great creators that help other people get better in understanding how you can have better shows and and things of that nature so i think um those are of course one of my favorites but i don't think you can see it on amazon now i think you got to go to youtube is uh jennifer watson you know she's a part of our uh our intro video she's just so much fun and we were talking about uh weather items like she was actually our she was our first interview wasn't she chris
2: uh, yep, she was the first one. She was the one that we were like, "Whoops, we can't go live at 1080p. We got to dial down to 720." Oh, and yeah. she hung out in the green room for 45 minutes, um, but and, oh, you know, to wait here. while we got that dialed in. You know, this is a part of live streaming, and you know, thank God that uh, she was uh, so gracious to, of her time to be able to do that. But yeah, I think you know more specifically, I guess, Paul, to your question is, is we, um, yeah, we do get to play a lot, and we wouldn't do this if it wasn't fun. And, um, you know, we're in this sort of, I guess, podcasting and live streaming business, but, uh, you know, the brands that we do talk to, we don't just take, I mean, when you become an Amazon influencer and people, you know, and your name gets out there a little bit, um, your inbox gets full of people like trying to give you everything that they possibly, in fact, sending you stuff that you didn't even ask for, showing up um, and you're like, I don't know how this got here, but I didn't ask for it. And a lot of it is not great. And so it's, it's important to stay sort of true, again, true to your audience, true to your brand. Like if, if Jim and Chris go live and we're talking about the Shure MV7X that Jim's speaking into today, um, we use it, we believe in it. This is, this is something that if somebody, if this works within somebody's budget, we can do that. We've got other microphones around here that are more expensive and, and less expensive, and we can talk about it. You know, we're, you know, if you want to use the word expert, advocate, influencer, whatever. Um, but, You know, we're not just going to talk about something that people go, I don't know if I can trust that. You know, did you get paid to say that? And, you know, so we're very, very... Um, tactical about the the brands that we uh, we work with. Next week, we're going to have Roger Cloud on from Cloud Microphones, and they make the Cloud Lifter, and uh, everybody kind of knows that as like the device you need if you have this mic, the SM7B, right? right? Uh, but we had a conversation with him, um, uh, I don't know, probably six months ago and it was we i think we were on the phone with on zoom with him for like 2 hours mm-hmm. and he just has all these great stories about you know he was in the studio with pink floyd and and like all of these amazing things and i'm like how is this not out there and he was talking about his his company and based in arizona and and what he does for native americans in that in that community and all of the things that uh, and i'm like please come on our show and it really—it wasn't like, "Please come on our show because we want free cloud lifters," which we, you know we we get, and that's what you're hearing right now or whatever. It was because like this is somebody who can speak to our audience, and this is something that I feel like if people find out a little bit more about that that backstory for some of these tech brands, I think people are a little bit more um, you know open to it. So. Yeah. I don't even know if that answers your
0: question. No, I think it's great because, I mean, one of the things we're talking about is about you guys is that you're very sincere. I never, never watch your live streams. I never feel like, oh, they're just hawking a product. They're like the wow guy, you know, or like just set it and forget it. It's not like that. <laughs> it's more of like, Hey, I'm using this cloud device. Jeff, you really need to get one. Cause it would help that, da, 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 you know, and that kind of stuff. And they want to share that. And that's what I love about it. It's that, that, that marketing, that, is a service-based, like, yeah, I'm going to make some money, but this really works, and I really like it, and I'm excited about it. So, uh, one of the things, and I, I didn't feel that way. And as I we wrap up the show, when it, you know our, it's sponsored by Ecam, I was a big fan of Ecam. Used their stuff way before they were a sponsor for the show. Uh, so I kind of have that kind of same feeling like you had with a cloud microphone. But you can find out more about them, socialmedia.news.live.com forward slash Ecamm. and also follow Dealcasters everywhere. Dealcasters.live takes them to takes you to their storefront. You can see this stuff that we're talking about. You can see their shows. You can see their sp- special events that they have going on. I'm sure they're going to have some stuff coming out during prime week, which prime day, which is next, next week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks. The 11th and 12th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So they're going to be doing stuff over there. See how they're doing it. Watch how Chris and Jim are repurposing their content. Uh, It's just kind of a, it's a masterclass on how to take uh, and compress stuff to a minute and let it go out there. So follow them at dealcasters.live. But Paul, I'm going to start with you and then we'll go around the room. Where can people find out more about you? Paul, if you haven't guessed, he's, he's he just is amazing with his live show and the stuff that he's doing at paulgouter.com but paul what do you got going on tell us where we can find out more about you
1: yeah you you can learn more about some of the things i'm doing with helping people level up their business over at paulgouter.com but i also want to encourage you especially here in the summer if you're interested in native american culture there are tons of powwows going on right now and they're open to the public head over to powwows.com and find one near you yeah they're they're
0: amazing he's amazing streamer Chris, another amazing streamer. Tell us where we can find out more about the Chris Stone.
2: You can go to chrisstone.contact, and I'm on all of the tubes there. And uh, certainly if you're someone who wants to have a show but doesn't want to know how all the sausage is made, I can do that for you. Awesome.
3: Jim Fuse, last but not least. Where can yes, we find uh, fusionmarketing.live. I uh, just started using beacons. I think it's a really neat uh, link uh, product and thanks to uh, our friend james hicks for for turning me on to that and uh, all my all the places you can connect with me there and, and like chris if you're looking to uh, do a live show uh or you know even turn it into a podcast uh definitely like to to talk to people about that awesome
0: and I am Jeff C. And I do have a new course coming out. You guys can sign up for that. Yes. Uh, JeffC.com forward slash Descript 101. We've talked about repurposing today. Um, if you've been watching some of my reels and stuff, that's what I'm using. I'm doing it all in Descript. And so I'm going to be walking you through that process. If you want more information about that, JeffC.com forward slash Descript 101. Once again, thank you to Ecamm for being a sponsor at Social Media forward slash Ecamm. And with that, we'll see you guys next week. Make sure to tune in, subscribe, check out everybody. Thank you, Peg. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Randy. Everybody who watched live and are listening to us and also coming in during the replay, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be able to do the show without you. And with that, we'll see you guys next time. Bye,
3: everybody.
2: Social Media News Live.